Welcome to the Canadian Real Estate Investor, where hosts Daniel Foch and Nick Hill navigate the market and provide the tools and insights to build your real estate portfolio. Ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Canadian Real Estate Investor Podcast, where today we're talking about prop tech or property technology, fintech, financial technology, and streamlining processes in your real estate transaction. My name is Daniel Foch. I'm a real estate broker and the now director of economic research, in fact, at oh. Rare Real Estate. And I'm joined here by my co-host, the lovely Nick Hill. So you're director of economic research and I'm the lovely Nick Hill and that is what our business cards read and I wouldn't have it any other you're way. You're director of <laughs> definitions on the Canadian Real Estate Investor Podcast, also known as the now-minted Nictionary. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, so honestly today, prop tech, fintech, I actually looked up construction technology and thought contech was a thing, but it's not. Don't, so we'll just stick with construction yeah, don't, technology. Yeah, don't trademark that one. No, no. But anyways, let's get into it because we've got a great episode today. And it starts here. Over the last decade or so, countless businesses and models have been disrupted by technology. And the speed of these disruptions is only growing exponentially. Netflix revolutionized the way that we consume video content. And actually, shout out to my parents who are early adopters in Netflix. And I actually remember as a young kid getting DVDs in the mail with the original Netflix branding on them. And then you'd watch them. And very similar to a blockbuster, you would return them. But you would do it all through the mail so you'd never have to leave your house. So shout out to my parents for being early adopters in Netflix. Didn't they go to like a vending machine model for a bit too? I remember like seeing them at a shopper's drug mart. It was like a, you could deposit them oh, like a I mailbox. I didn't see that, but maybe. Well, congrats yeah. for you and your family being like the only people who used Netflix mail subscription <laughs> before they went to streaming. Similarly, Uber changed the way that we move. You guys might have heard of this Uber. And challenged a longstanding monopoly that taxi cabs had in most major cities around the world. And it, it, that was a big disruption in and could be a future big disruption in the urban economic environment. McDonald's changed the way hamburgers were made and consumed, but they also changed the landlord-tenant relationship for franchisees. They did. Apple, Amazon, and Facebook, again, a bunch of small companies. You probably never heard of them. They all impacted human behavior and forever have changed the way we rely on technology and the way we communicate and shop. So one thing that all of those unheard of companies have in common is that they are known as disruptive technology. But what is that? Well, according to Harvard Business School professor Clayton Christensen, who coined the term disruptive technology years back, it is a disruptive technology is one that displaces an established technology and shakes up the industry on a groundbreaking product that creates a completely new industry. Now, Dan, you and I have both spent the majority of our careers in business, construction, and real estate. And how many times have you heard that real estate is archaic, slow moving, stuck in its ways, or recently ripe for disruption? Never heard it before. It's just such a forward thinking, fast paced industry. Not, <laughs> well, you know me. Not, not highly populated by dinosaurs at all. Fortunately, today's <laughs> episode is all about the companies that are trying to change those things. Per se, the asteroid that is going to come in and destroy the dinosaurs. Maybe that's a little bit too too Ooh. carnal. Oh, yeah. Well, I like it. Anyways, we're not going to be touching on the metaverse today. Sorry to disappoint, but we do have a bunch of other great 
startups and established prop tech, fintech companies that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. So I kind of have this vision that, and this is like the, to go back to your contact trademark, uh, this, that we're heading towards this thing, like, <laughs> you know, like CAD, computer assisted design. I think that we'll have, and this is a best acronym. I might actually trademark this one, CARE, computer assisted real estate. And so like a lot of, pro- oh. yeah, not bad. A lot of processes in the real estate transaction can be you know, made more efficient, streamlined by technology. This is an article headline from Renex. Canada's prop tech sector includes over 450 startups. The pace of prop tech investment and innovation has only accelerated in Canada during the past year with more than 150 companies added to the national database, bringing the total to more than 450 startups. Might be a little saturated. I don't know. But... In releasing its 2022 PropTech in Canada report, the PropTech Collective also noted that since its last report in February 2021, 12 new companies made it onto the list of the top 25 most funded, which I think you're going to go through. Over 70 PropTech companies were founded in 2020 and 2021. The two highest funded focused on improving the home purchase experience in Canada. Over $1.5 billion was transacted across these top three M&As, and 77% of prop tech startups were located in Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, Calgary, or Kitchener-Waterloo. Yeah, good stuff. This is a cool episode because we've been working on this one for a while, kind of meeting people and collecting information. So do we basically just like read out a list and describe a bunch of cool companies in the real estate space right now? No, not at all. So what we're going to do is actually just read out a list and describe a bunch of cool companies in the real estate space. That's a great idea, Nick. Well, thank you. (laughs) But in all seriousness, there are a bunch of cool companies ranging from the fintechs and the prop techs to property management and even AI underwriting to soundproofing, solar panels to inline hydro, gas, water metering for landlords. You know, we're even in future episodes, we'll talk about 3D printing of houses, all the stuff that is changing the game of real estate as we know it. Yeah, for sure. We went to a couple of industry events with our mics and gathered some sound break bites from these folks to come on the podcast in the future. We also went with the objective of partnering with some of these providers to get some discounts or promotions for our listeners, but also because ads are how we make this podcast viable. And so we also have to sell those ads because while well, money, capitalism, you know the drill. Yeah, I've heard about it before. So we actually got this idea because we already partner with one of them called Sonopen. You've probably heard of them in the advertisements. Uh, yeah. If, if a tree falls in, in a forest and nobody hears it, maybe that was wrapped in Sonopan. Take that, Plato. <laughs> oh, man. So here's a list of the companies that we're going to go through today. Now, I'm going to read the first two. Dan, you want to take the next two and so, fo- so on and yeah, so yeah, forth? Yeah, Okay, perfect. So the first one that we're going to be looking at is Fionic and then Patter. Lenlord and Deeded. MoveSnap and Wahi. Key and Lotley. Homewise and Nesto. And Pine and Addy. And I'll let you have the last one here because there's a slash. Willow, I'll take it. So this is only our first episode that we're going to be doing this. We plan on covering all the noteworthy businesses trying to disrupt and change the construction, real estate, and financial spaces as we know it. So let's dive in. But before we do that, here's a list of the the top funded. There are hundreds more companies in the space uh, for us to look at, but this is a cool list to look at in the meantime. Nick, do you want to do this or do you want me to? Yeah, so... 
I'm going to, yeah, I'll go over the top most funded prop tech companies in Canada. As Dan just said, you know, this is the first of many episodes as we take a kind of a 30,000 foot look at some of these companies, give you guys a quick rundown. Dan and I are going to be live on the websites as we go through each company. Full disclosure, again, we are not endorsing any of these companies. We may use some of them, but this is strictly just us going through things and, and exploring them for the good of the podcast. Anyways, let's look at the first couple of top 10 most funded. Number one, we have the construction delivery innovator, Reno Run, which was founded in 2016 and has thus far raised a whopping over $200 million in funding. Prefab construction disruptor, Nexi, was founded in 2018 and has so far raised $126 million. So look at that, the first two in Contech. Construction tech, I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving down to the third here, we've got storage and logistics. The firm is GoBolt, founded in 2017. They've secured combined capital to the tune of $113 million. Tenancy platform, Certain, that's C-E-R-T-N, These guys got to work on their spelling, man. I think that's, you know, it's one of these uh, tech things where you just take a couple words and it's supposed to look like the word. Everyone has really no cool vowel. Logos Vowels as well, are by the banned way. in Silicon Valley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So certain spelt incorrectly, but I'm sure they're doing just fine because they raised total funding of 108 million. And then down to halfway through the list, we've got one of the people recovering today, the digital mortgage broker Nesto, which was founded in 2018. And matches the certain funding at a total of 108 million. Then we got number six, home service software firm Jobber, a comparative veteran at 12 years old, has thus far raised $87 million. Digital first broker properly, who I've met their team, spoke with a lot, some great people there, which was founded in 2018, has so far secured $67 million. Prefab construction innovator Falk, F A L K. I can relate to difficult pronouncing names with this, with that exact, <laughs> with, with that exact, yeah. yeah. I actually don't <laughs> correct people on pronouncing my name because it makes it a memorable experience for them. So that might be part of their branding and I can, I can relate to it. Anyway, there you go. Go get a tough last name to pronounce and no one will ever forget you. Also founded in 2018, has secured 65 million. Number nine, home energy company Decibel, but missing like several vowels also. Another veteran, 2013 founded, $61 million in venture capital to its name. And finally, number 10, agent matching platform like Tinder to match people with agents, I think. Noble, N-O-B-U-L, was founded in 2016 and has thus far raised $61 million bucks. No bull. I like that. Is that like no bull? I think so. I'm going to go. You yeah. know what's after yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. I like that. Interesting that a couple on there were all con- there was a lot of construction stuff on there, which means that the next time we do a, one of these tech rundowns, we're going to have to include a couple more construction companies in here. Yeah, I also think like it's interesting because we're kind of in one of those counter cycles where a lot of uh, these things end up kind of getting taken out with the tide per se or the swimming naked stuff. Not to you know not yep. to speculate at all. So, but I, I think this would be a very not you know a very different landscape in in a bit where capital gets shuffled around. The most funded might be ones who are super resilient over the next two years of downturn and and that list could be look very different, right? 
Yeah. And I mean, going back to the M&A comment earlier, right, there might be some mergers, some acquisitions over the next couple of years as some of these smaller startups, you know, not fail, but get acquired by a bigger startup for whatever kind of IP that's intellectual property or, or anything like that that they have. But Regardless, let's jump in because we've got a list to get through here. Fionic is where we're going to start. I've got the website open in front of me. It's a nice website. It's a nice, clean-looking website. And I that's what I expect out of any prop tech, fintech kind of company these days. I like um, um, the, the main line is like the future of consumer financing. I feel like all of these are all, all prop techs, like the future of blank. Yeah, totally. And of course, future is nice and bold and in a different color. So Fionic has built a state-of-the-art machine learning and AI data-driven B2B consumer lending platform empowering investors, originators, and end consumers leveraging technology and capital to enable their financial success. That sounds pretty damn good. Yeah. We actually chatted with them at the lender conference about potentially building like a home renovation loan product for our listeners. And, you know, reception was interesting, you know, and it also gave me some insight into the way that they underwrite, which is using AI, which is super cool. So, you know, gives you an idea of them as a lender and what their criteria is. And you almost have to think about this as yourself, you know, if we're trying to tie this back to our audience, real estate investors, is... You know, they have very strict regimented criteria and they use an AI to make sure that loans fit that criteria. And us as investors need to make sure that deals fit criteria. We have to be equally regimented. We're introduced to them through and their technology through a guy named Daniel, who is co-founder of Patter. And, you know, they were like, think they have an, or they're going to be introducing an in-house lending program for, for landlords where they basically help with tenant turnovers. And we've mentioned a couple of times at a listener who, who reached out, who wanted to help us build an online forum for our listeners. And, and this is that guy he's going to incorporate and sort of host our forum within, within Patter. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Daniel. We know you're listening. So let's move on to Patter. That's patter.co, the foundation for your rentals. Now, landlords who use Patter to manage their property have more time and less stress. Doesn't that sound lovely? They collect rent and coordinate maintenance requests and track expenses for free. Patter's mission is to build tools to make being an independent landlord more manageable. With our suite of tools, it's easy for landlords to manage their properties from the palm of their hands. Price your property, screen your applicants, communicate with your tenants, and more. So some of the really cool stuff that we've talked about and that is coming to the app is turnover loans. And we'll do a deeper dive into this stuff. I don't want to give any one thing too much attention while we do this. Desktop and mobile app, obviously, digital rent payments, Online maintenance requests and tracking, that's a big one for me. That also alleviates the classic, oh, you know, no one wants to be a landlord because what if I get, you know, my toilet breaks at 2 o'clock on a Saturday morning? Well, you know, just go download something like this. Income and expense tracking, digital lease signing, tenant credit building, and then a bunch of other features coming soon like tenant screening, risk scoring, property listings, et cetera. Yeah, I think that that final piece there, the – the risk element in tenant screening is interesting, especially in a world where fraud and, and you know hearing a lot of mortgage fraud, fraud for shelter in the ownership side, but also fraud for shelter in the tenant side. We're seeing a lot of tenant application fraud, and I think you know Daniel had had mentioned a couple of cool things that he was doing in that respect to help with the underwriting process to eliminate those risks, and you know. In Toronto, there a lot of uh, leasing is done by realtors, and so there's a lot of like 
reputational risk for, you know, those problems. And so almost using them as a sales channel, but also giving them this underwriting tool functionally to kind of help onboard business as well. Next up on the list, we have Landlord, who, you know, we've put up on the show here a lot. Property management, centralized sort of dashboard for looking at your portfolio, understanding inputs and outputs and deal analysis as well, but also tying into, you know, your consistent revenue streams for lending, which is, you know, the <laughs> the first part of their name there. And lording. <laughs> I don't know if you're not even allowed to lord these days, but um, <laughs> basically I think you know the the idea is to build that that revenue stream to use unfinancing applications through through the landlord platform. So it's really end to end solution. Pretty interesting, and I think that it's you know it's interesting to see which of these are super niche and, and very narrowly focused on solving individual problems, and which are are kind of full scope and and how those work within the industry. Right, Nick, you want to yeah, jump in totally. here on Willow? Yeah, so Willow, if you hop on the website, it's very it's a nice pleasing to the eye website. Again, as as most of these are, and it reads the best investment on earth is Earth, which might make you think they're some kind of environmental company or not, but they're not. They are a real estate prop sharing company. So buy pieces of real estate, earn rental income and appreciation, sell whenever you want. Welcome to prop sharing with Willow. Now, what is prop sharing? Let's break that down for a second. So prop sharing allows investors to buy and sell property ownership as easily as shares on the stock market. Now, this has always been a pain point for real estate investors, especially smaller scale investors, or if you're not an actual landlord and you want to, you know, you're more of a REIT type investor. This has always been a bit of a pain point. And it's companies like Willow that allow you to go in and almost as easily as wealth simple buy and sell your stuff. So properties are split into 100,000 units of ownership and offered for sale on the platform. Legal ownership is standardized and properties are managed by professional property managers. Participants can build a custom portfolio of professionally sourced properties of their choosing. So how this works is Willow will take its team, they'll go out, they'll try to buy the best real estate asset possible, they will manage it for you, run it for you, and you will get a return like that property is acting as its own business. Yeah, for sure. I think next on the list there quickly, like and sort of as a comparison there, Addy, who's been doing something similar to Willow for a while, just says uh, on their website, let's own real estate together, join thousands of Canadian already earning passive income with Addy, get started with just as little as $1. And it says, you know, the, the primary things, real estate investing for those not wanting to be landlords, earn passive income from institutional grade real estate. So getting you into bigger projects, I'm looking at a couple of the projects on their site it says retail revitalization in California, student housing complex near Oklahoma State University, California boutique hotel, LA multifamily complex. So again, like getting into bigger projects, you kind of get a watered down return, you're paying sort of like the GPLP there general partner, limited partner. We'll probably do a whole episode on that, but you do get feed to death a little bit by GPs or the person running running the deal per se. So your return probably not going to be as compelling as you would typically see with direct investing, but the risk is also a lot lower and you're dealing with experts and you're getting access to deals that, I mean, I personally will probably never personally own a student housing complex in Oklahoma State University. Hey, never say never. Come on. Yeah. It sounds like Well, I don't know if I'd want to own that on my own. Like you know what I mean? I'd want to own <laughs> yeah, it with a good couple. Like, at least yeah. at least a couple partners. Um 
Next on the list here, we got Deeded. So we met Reuven from Deeded and very quickly it says, our mission is to make real estate transactions frictionless, affordable, and transparent for everyone involved. So they are basically lawyers, but kind of wrapped in tech and done more efficiently. So Deeded is a technology platform that provides a one-stop shop to homebuyers, sellers, and borrowers. Deeded connects you with real estate lawyers who offer transparent pricing and will guide you through a streamlined, transparent, and virtual real estate and mortgage closing experience. And we're actually going to be testing Deeded on. So we'll give you and we we everybody who we've told, you know, who want us to kind of try their services and review it on the show, we said that's fine, but we're going to be extremely honest about it. You guys know that we're we're exceptionally honest. That's why people come to our show, why people appreciate our commentary in the market. And so that you know, they all stand behind their product, so they're excited to offer it to us. But so we're we're gonna probably try and close a couple of deals in the pipeline with Deeded. We spent quite a bit of time talking to Ruben Gorsh, who is who also founded and sold, I think, exited MoveSnap, which I've used personally and it's great. But anyway, Nick, you want to summarize MoveSnap real quick? Yeah, for sure. But I mean, before we move on, it, it's great to see, uh, you know, Dita, there, I feel like there's a lot of competition in certain aspects of the space, just like there are in any space. And there's always those few niche ones that don't seem to get enough attention. And whether it's normal real estate or prop tech type real estate, lawyers play an extremely important role. And I feel like are very misunderstood. You know, it's not something right. And, you know, Someone with a good construction background can can play the role of a home inspector to a certain extent, let's say, and not really anyone out there is playing the role of a lawyer to a certain extent. So stuff like deeded, it, it, it's very interesting to me because I think the legalities behind real estate as well as when you start doing more complicated deals and when you start bringing on other partners, things can get pretty complicated and you really need a good lawyer in there. Anyways. Let's move on to MoveSnap again, kind of a – the founder actually, again, as Dan said, Reuven founded both Deeded and MoveSnap. So MoveSnap, avoid the hassles of moving with our concierge service. So MoveSnap reads, get connected to our network of real estate brokers, agents, lawyers, home builders, and you can organize every moving task in one place, making your life a little easier. Track every detail with your personalized dashboard. Talk live to a concierge for help, update government identification, change the address and redirect your mail, hire movers or rent a truck, donate, sell or toss your clutter and exclusive savings and offerings for their users. And they will even transfer the utilities to your new home. Yeah, I actually used MoveSnap. Like and when I when I met Reuven, I mentioned this, I was like, it's, a, it's sweet. Like it, when we were... Tr- selling property, buying and selling property, we'd provide it for the clients. And it makes it look like, you know, you have this like amazing team of, of admins doing all of these like really, really, it's really extra mile stuff for real estate professionals. So pretty cool stuff. I actually have, there's a review in like my Google reviews that it's like, oh, Dan went, really went above and beyond and like, you know, did these things. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. I mentioned that to him. But anyway, um, Reuven actually joined me on a Twitter space on December 8th with Benji from wahi.com, W-A-H-I.com, which is also a cool tech-enabled platform with a few key service offerings, which is like selling real estate with an auction at a 1% commission, saving up to a 15 grand in commission payments. They have another one called MySell, which is 1.5% commission, save up to 10 grand. 
uh, full service, you know, this would be a two and a half percent commission. So this is what you would do working with a realtor, pretty traditional. They also do kickbacks and, you know, so they have a, where you kind of do your own buyer direction. Uh, you only pay 0.75% on the buy side. I think it's kind of interesting because I've always theorized, and I wrote a blog about this or a LinkedIn article a while ago, but how, you know, people talk about the uberfication of real estate. But I think that the race to the bottom on the fee environment is, I mean, if you're working with the agent who's giving you the kickback, or if you're working with, you know, if you're, if you're doing more of the work, if you're doing most of your search or whatever it is, or if, if you're, you know, your cousin's giving you 10 grand back or whatever it is, you're already working with the Uber of real estate. Like, you know, that's the only innovation where there's really room for is you DIY it and then you get rewarded for that. So anyway, yeah, that's my two yeah. cents on that. No, and I, I love it. And I think I think a lot of people want to hear your two cents on something like this because it goes back to that, you know, the 2.5% commission. Well, there's a group of people who can be like, well, real estate agents make way too much because of the behavior of some real estate agents. Then you look at the, you know, 1% commission. And, you know, I know that you've been asked to take a 1% commission before on, on a regular 2.5. And you're like, well, you need to expect a different level of service then because you're undermining what you think my capabilities are, right? If, so I, I just think it's cool that they break this down. And, you know, if you don't want to, if you want to pay 0.75 commission or, or 1% commission, good. Here yeah, are DIY. your options. Here's what you need to do. Exactly. You've got to work for it to save money. Or you get the full service, work with a realtor who sells in your neighborhood and you get that full and they get that full commission and you probably get the best service. Yeah. I mean, I would agree for the most part that realtors are overpaid. and But I think that you know it's really easy to me to, to distinguish. It's just that you know if you are getting paid 2.5%, you need to create a 2.5% advantage to make your existence in that transaction worthwhile. And that didn't really matter because it was like getting the deal for the past two years, getting the deal was the important part, right? That was you performing. That was how you could deliver results for your client. But now it's not like that. Now it's, you know, you need to create downside risk protection for your client. You need to make sure that they can get financing and inspection conditions. Like there's so many different things. It's not hard to to carve out a two and a half or even a 5% if you're using the full commission, 5% competitive advantage for your buyer to work with you, right? You just need to like, and that means you either negotiate better to underbuy the property, you create some sort of information advantage so that they know something that, you know, and anyway, I just think that's the easy way to quantify the value of a realtor is can they earn back? Can they deliver that value back to the seller? And it's really only two and a half percent that they have to give back to the buyer or seller intrinsic value in the transaction. Anyway, let's move on here. Digression? I don't know. I feel like, yeah, maybe something like- <laughs> No, that wasn't digression. That was good stuff. I'm kidding. Yeah, let's move on to the next one on the list here. Lotly, again, I've got the- Dan and I are both following along with all the open windows on Google here. Lotly, just like the rest of these companies, has a great looking website. I think that's a, a standard in in all kind of technology now where you really want an easy, especially in prop tech where you might have people not understanding it, right? They've got a kind of step one, step two, step three, some great infographics. And this is what the website reads. The team at Lolly is passionate about home ownership and making it affordable for more people. We believe home ownership is a critical way to building wealth, and we want it to be something that you can achieve. We set out to create the world's most innovative housing company, and we believe we're on our way. We have a team of legal professionals and real estate agents who are ready to answer your questions about Lotley's model, the potential risks, or anything else in your mind. Now, we actually met 
Martina from Lotley, I believe the founder or co-founder, lovely lady. We met her at the lender conference. So, and we had a great chat with her and, and, and basically they're offering co-ownership for buyers who have 5% down, but are located in areas that require 20% down. So Dan, we've got an infographic here. Why don't you give us a little explanation as to how this works? Yeah, for sure. So it is interesting because I think that, you know, we had Daniel Dubois on the show and he offers something similar, but really more targeted to getting people that even higher leverage point. Like he was going as high as like two and a half percent down, right? I think that this is for people in in areas where the average price point would be greater than 500,000, even up to a million dollars. So where they, you know, they would need a 20% down payment in order to get a CMHC insured loan. And this would allow them to basically top up. So the website says, I think you can get even receive up to $250,000 towards your down payment. We connect you with investors who will help you with the cost of buying. Now, that sounds too good to be true, and it, and it probably is. But the reality is, I mean, you know that you're forfeiting something. And what you're forfeiting in this is the upside potential. Not all of it. Actually, I actually felt that the <laughs> numbers were pretty reasonable. So it's kind of cool because they're connecting investors who want access to the upside in, in single-family residential market. So investors who are bullish on single-family residential but you know, probably don't have the way to own a bunch of single-family residential homes without managing them or direct investing or owning them. So what they do is, you know, it says on the website, you pay five percent, investor pays fifteen percent. So you come up with that twenty percent down payment. If your contribution is five percent, investor's contribution is fifteen percent. You are entitled to fifty-one percent of the upside, so greater than half of the upside, plus your initial contribution, plus the principal that you paid down on the mortgage. So the investor contributes 15% and they get 49% of the upside plus their initial contribution back. So it's a way for investors to get exposure to upside, but it's also a way for end users who want to occupy a home to get access to a price point that they likely otherwise wouldn't have or live in an area closer to work or whatever it is with more expensive house prices to try and defer some of those costs, like you know, not spend their time commuting and soul-sucking traffic, as an example. I mean, some people don't aren't just buying the house to be fully, to have full access to that upside. So anyway, I, I think it's an interesting model. Very interesting model. Yeah. And if you scroll down on their homepage, this is interesting to me as well, Ben, and I hope to our listeners, because we are, after all, investors here. This title reads, How Investors Are Paid Out. Investors are paid out when you sell or refinance. So again, you still have that control. They will be paid out their original contribution, plus or minus part of the home's appreciation. And the investor payout depends on how much they contributed up front. Usually that term looks like a, a kind of standard mortgage term of five years. So again, interesting stuff. And that is a good segue, speaking of mortgages, to the last three that we're going to be covering today, kind of in the digital mortgage space. High level, it's Nesto, Pine, and HomeWise. Dan, I'm going to take Nesto and then let's keep it going here. So Nesto is on a mission to offer a positive, empowering, transparent property financing experience, simplified from start to finish. Powered by the most advanced technology, we screen the whole market in seconds to find the most affordable mortgage while our commissions-free expert provides you with an unbiased support along the way. Simply welcome to the bright future of home buying. I love all of their uh, – the, everything just – you know the tech companies are really good at making everything just sound fantastic. So look, we, we met the, the founder, Ernesto, great guy, funny guy, doing research for this and, and actually speaking, you know, just hearing industry chatter. They literally today, and we're recording this December 13th, 
It's being posted that Nestle just secured 80 million in a Series C. So these guys are no joke. They are bringing in a lot of money, a lot of funding. And, you know, between the three companies that we're talking about right now, I think really trying to make an impact on the Canadian mortgage space, which has not really seen a whole bunch of change, at least not like we have down south. Yeah, it's true. And you are actually, interestingly, from a timing perspective, I think we're seeing Rocket Mortgage um, moving north of the border. So definitely some shakeups in the Canadian space, but also heavy regulation that kind of prevents for this stuff. So it'd be interesting to see yeah, if, if yeah. Rocket kind of suffers the same fate as Zillow did, like Zillow really only had an IDX agreement, I think was Century 21, or maybe it was another smaller real estate brokerage. But so like, they really didn't even like, uh, most people listening probably didn't even know that Zillow was like, in Canada per se, because it was so underwhelming, their arrival, almost like Target. Um, but they haven't oh, left yet. Well. But uh, but actually <laughs> talking about companies from the States who have come and left, Redfin, right? We talked about that tech, yep. lay, not layoffs per se, but agent, they're basically agents on salary kind of trying to innovate in that respect. Gone, I think, are on their way out. Pine is the... A tree. Not a tree. It is a tree, but it's also, <laughs> it's also it a mortgage company. So says at Pine, we are all about trans uh, transforming the outdated and complicated home financing process and creating a simpler, faster, and better experience. How? With innovative technology and talented, understanding people. We're a new mortgage company, but this isn't our first rodeo. We've carefully curated our dream team of engineers, experienced mortgage experts, and product innovative innovators from fintechs, brokerages, and big banks. We know exactly what it is with the current experience and how and know how to fix it, build it, and scale it. We're ready to disrupt in a big way. In fact, we've already started by helping new customers obtain mortgages with Pine every day. And there's a headline there like, I think their most recent round was $27 million in funding. Pine is set to disrupt Canadian mortgages with $27 million in funding. So interesting stuff happening there. I am curious like because these kind of are – they look like maybe traditional mortgage brokerages, but – you know, a little bit sexier, but also a lot more overhead maybe. And then also wonder, like, I don't know. I, I'm curious, like from the streamlining perspective, like how these make deals better. Cause we want to help our listeners find ways to transact better. Cause like the be more you can create and if a more efficient transaction process, the better your deals are going to be right. It allows you to focus on the important parts, like critical thinking, working pieces into place, negotiating with people, before you go on there, let's get this last one out and then and then have that full discussion of yeah. of everything. Yeah. So the last one on the list here is is Homewise again, a digital mortgage lender. We've met with the the owner and the founder there again. Great guy. Homewise reads: We started Homewise to provide Canadians with a better mortgage process, and finally puts them first. Our team is made up of finance, technology, and consumer experience experts who have worked in the mortgage industry for many years. We were also home buyers and learned that the current ways to get a mortgage are outdated, inefficient, and don't have the home buyer's best interest in mind. In simple, they are broken. There had to be a better way, and that is why we created HomeWise. HomeWise, a simple online mortgage process, uses human language, helpful content to access our tech-powered professionals at every step. Further, we do the work for our users, negotiating with our large list of lenders to find them the great mortgage that meets their unique needs, saving them time, and most importantly, money. To make it even better, HomeWise is completely free for users. Okay, that concludes the list. Just a quick run through. And then, Dan, why don't we have a chat about everything we just went over? That list was Fionic, 
Patter, Landlord, Deeded, Movesnap, Wahi, Key, Lotley, Homewise, Nesto, Addy, and Willow. Dan, what do we think? Prop tech, fintech, what's going on? I mean, in the perfect world, like you could just really focus on being an acquisitions department, negotiating a good deal into play, and then handing it off, right? And like the reality is there's merit to being very, very involved in the deal and DIYing and doing a lot of the process. Cause I think that's where you're gonna learn. And it's gonna how you gonna be how you're gonna learn to iterate better and better. So if you are transacting a lot and you're involved in the nitty gritty of it and you're side by side with your lawyers or your realtors or whatever in the trenches, you know, really working the deal, I think you're gonna get exposure. It's like being at a at a at a startup as an example. You kind of get exposure to so many different things, so many different components of the transaction. But you get to a certain point if you want to be a professional investor. You got to be a professional investor. You don't want to be a professional lawyer. You don't want to be a professional realtor. You don't want to be a professional mortgage broker. And while it is does make sense to DIY a lot of these things, you got to have a good team. The question is, is that team individuals? Is it a team of people who you're intimately involved with and you need you know, have conversations with them, critical thinking, et cetera? I mean, there are still people working at all of these tech companies. Or are you more of the person who needs streamlining, who wants you know, everything available on their computer, everything centralized in one place. And I think it's the answer. There is no one answer, but the answer is, you know, putting together something that works best for you. And so, you know, we're going to try a couple of these things out on the borrowing side, on the property management side. You know, people already know we're using Landlord. We're talking about doing some stuff with Patter. We're going to be likely testing some deals with Deeded just to get an understanding for how these things work and whether or not they can streamline the process and still be sensitive to the needs of investors, right? Because a lot of these things are really designed for homeowners. That's the bigger market in Canada. Investors are a small portion of the market. Homeowners are the big portion of the market. Yeah, totally. I couldn't agree more. And I mean, I think that, you know, we started this this episode off by talking about how archaic construction, real estate, the financing arms of, of both of those industries are. And I think, again, they're they're ripe for disruption. So I welcome all of these with with open arms, fully knowing, and, and I say this with a heavy heart as an entrepreneur that's had failed businesses that not most of them, but many of them will not make it. But, you know, I truly applaud everyone, all the founders that we just covered. And I'm looking forward to digging up more of these, you know, over 400 prop tech companies that we have in there. Now, I just also want to touch on another thing. If you're an industry professional listening to this, a mortgage agent, a real estate agent, and we've all heard this before, you know, computers will be doing your job in the next couple of years. I think I've been hearing that for over a decade now. And guess what? I still use realtors. But what I do is I use realtors that rely on technology to enable them to do their job better. So if you're an industry professional, what should you be doing to battle this technology? Well, you shouldn't be battling it. You should be accepting it, learning it, and using it, and see what tech works for you and your clients. And if we can rely on this tech to enable us to do our jobs better and not be as bogged down with paperwork or the little things that you know waste time and the things that maybe we're not good at as, as salespeople or investors or whatever, use these technology, use these applications to make your job easier. Don't be intimidated, but use them. Yeah, computer-assisted real estate. Right. Wow, you really do care. I do. Um, 
Yeah, I think I don't really have much more to add to that, but it's just like streamlining the process, right? And and eventually streamlining management as well. When you're like event, you know, your ultimate goal as an investor is to become in the assets under management business, right? And so once you own, it's like having a patter or landlord to centralize that management process and make sure you're streamlining tenant requests quickly, managing your trades, get collecting money on time, doing your turnovers properly, you know. The transaction is a very small part. It's a big market. It's a big total addressable market, which is a you know performance indicator that tech companies use. But it's not a market that matters to us. You know, to us, it's the tra- you transact ideally once per holding, right? You shouldn't be selling it. You should be holding it forever. And so, it's once you take possession, how do you manage it well? And so that's why we're again we're trying to make alignments here, but also just like show you what's available in the market and how we can improve our primary objective here of being real estate investors. Yeah. Love that. If you want to scale, you will need technology. I can tell you comfortably right now, you know, buying your first duplex, you'll know the tenants, you'll know the house inside and out. If you're doing it, you know, the way that I did, you'll probably know your first couple tenants, but once you start to scale and actually turn this into a business, you need to rely on technology to deal with those things as you go and focus on growing your business. And on that note, I think we'll call it. Thanks, Dan. Talk to everyone soon. See you later. The Canadian Real Estate Investor is for entertainment purposes only and not financial or investment advice. Always do your own due diligence. Nick Hill is a mortgage agent with Premier Mortgage Center, license number 10317 and a partner in G&H Mortgage Group. Agent license is M21004037. Daniel Foch is a real estate broker at Royal LePage or Community Realty, a member of Royal LePage Commercial, and a licensee with the Canadian Real Estate Association, Ontario Real Estate Association, and a member of the Toronto Real Estate Board.